Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. Uh, I'll just let Frank sing for a while. No, words, that's not that's irresponsible because we have a lot of things to talk about because it is the year of the moon. Michelle Nichols is the director for public observing at the Adler Planetarium here in Chicago. She joins us now. A lot going on. Michelle, thanks for taking some time. Good to talk to you. Great to talk to you guys too. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, well, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. First of all, uh, let's talk about this lunar eclipse that is coming up on January 20th. It's a super blood wolf moon eclipse, which sounds uh, fascinating and terrifying all at the same time. <laughs> well, I will. I will agree that it is fascinating, but you can. We can. We can not worry about the terrifying part. Okay. So. I just. I love that. So why? Why this name for a lunar eclipse? Sure. So. A lunar eclipse happens when the moon passes through the shadow cast by the Earth into space. So the sun shines on the Earth, the Earth casts a shadow, occasionally the moon goes through that shadow, we see the moon turn gray or sort of a brick red color or something like that. And so the name that has sort of cropped up in the last few years is calling it a blood moon. It's just sort of a colloquial sort of term. Um, And supermoon refers to the fact that the moon is... um, near its closest point to Earth in its in that particular orbit. Um, so if you had another moon to compare it to in the sky, <laughs> it might look slightly bigger, but I would be okay if anybody walked outside and went, I don't notice any difference in size, um, but that's okay. And then the wolf moon refers to um, the fact that a lot of the full moons during the year, names have come down through the ages, and one of them for the January moon is wolf moon. I think okay. people like that one just because it sounds really cool. It does sound really cool. Uh, now, is... I'll be honest, I, I, the last supermoon I looked, and I, like you said, I'm one of those people, I went out and I went, okay, I may, maybe it looks bigger, I don't know, uh, but supermoon seems to be a term that maybe in the astronomy world, you guys have been using it for a long time, it just seems to have creeped into the public consciousness over the last couple of years, am, am I off on that? No, you're not off at all. And actually, in the astronomy community, we really don't use it all that much either. Um, so oh, it's just nice. a, yeah, it's just one of those things to kind of get people, um, uh, if, if their interest is piqued by that, maybe they might want to go outside and take a look uh, at the moon. But honestly, truly, if you don't notice a change in size, it's okay. Because when I walk outside and I look at one of those, I don't really notice the difference either. <laughs> and you've been looking at this stuff for a while. You're not, you're not new to this. this is so if you don't don't see it i'm not going to feel bad that i don't see it no not at all not at all now i've been doing this for most of my life (laughs) so now about how long uh, does it take because i remember one of the last lunar eclipses i went outside and i sat for i don't know sat for an hour or so and i could i could see it happening what's the duration of a lunar eclipse um, in this particular case, it's a it's a pretty good duration for a lunar eclipse. It could just be a few minutes. We've actually had that in the past, but um, this particular case, the moon is going to pass through a significant portion of the Earth's shadow. So the partial eclipse is when the moon starts to pass through the darker part of the Earth's shadow. is going to start at um, 9:33 p.m. on Sunday okay. and Sunday evening. 
And then totality will start when the moon is fully within the Earth's shadow, uh, right around a little after 10.40 p.m. It'll end, totality will end at a little after 11.40 p.m. So it'll be about an hour within that totality area. And then the full uh, partial, sorry, the partial eclipse, the full eclipse will be over um, a little before 1 o'clock in the morning on the 21st. Okay, so every everybody should set your alarm and go out because it is, for lack of a more scientific term, it's really cool to see. Yeah, exactly. You don't need any special equipment to see a lunar eclipse. You don't need a telescope. You don't need binoculars, although if you have them, get them out. Uh, put them outside of maybe 20 minutes, half an hour before you want to go outside because that will allow that equipment to acclimate to the cold um, oh, okay. and the dry air. So put that stuff outside. But if you don't have it, it's totally okay. All you need is your eyeballs. Nice. And then go outside and face to the southeast and look up. That's all you need to do. And if it's clear out, we will see the whole thing from beginning to end. And the other great thing is next Monday, a week from tomorrow, is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yes. So if you have the day off, you don't even really need to. You can stay up a little later. I, I give you permission to do that. Yeah, there's no reason no reason to go, oh, I can't get up at 1040 to see the lunar eclipse. Right. Now, <laughs> right. As, or right before you go to bed, go outside, look up, see if you can see the eclipse. Somebody texted in, and this is a question, uh, Michelle, that maybe you can answer. Does the distance from the Earth affect the darkness of a lunar eclipse. So does the shadow get darker depending on where the Earth and the Moon are in their orbit? No, but what does affect that color, um, that darkness, um, sometimes the moon can appear brick red, sometimes it can be gray. It'll, uh, when the sunlight is shining onto the earth, some of that sunlight, of course, passes through the earth's atmosphere. And that light, or the, uh, that atmosphere is going to scatter out the blue light from the sun, mm-hmm. leaving that red light that, that we actually see. You can kind of see this effect at sunset or sunrise here on the surface of the earth. So for a lunar eclipse, you are simultaneously seeing the collected sunrises and sunsets at that particular moment around the Earth all at the same time, which is really cool to think about. But um, what will affect that color is how cloudy that air is at that particular time, how dusty it might be, if there's smoke in the air. So we actually really don't quite know what color we're going to get until we get it. And then the other thing that will affect what you see is your eyeball do not react to red light as well as it is uh, as it reacts to blue light or green light um, and so if you look up at a lunar eclipse and it doesn't look as red as you might see in the pictures okay just because your camera might be picking up that red light a little better than your ah. eyes are so if you're not seeing that red color really vividly it's okay um, it's just how our eyes are constructed oh there you go look at we're learning about optometry as well exactly very, you get all sorts of things at the Adler planetarium well and <laughs> And as, as people would imagine, uh, Lunapalooza next Sunday is going to be a huge event at Adler. What's, what's going on in association with this uh, lunar eclipse? So we're going to party with the moon no matter if we can nice. see it or not. So if you want to come down to the Adler um, and uh, the event goes from 8 p.m. to midnight, uh, we're going to be showing hopefully the lunar eclipse in person. Um, we'll have telescopes outside, so if it's, if it's clear out, get up to one of those if you want to take a look. But actually, you just show up and look up with your eyes. Um, but the uh, event will feature activities. We will have 
our brand new Imagine the Moon Planetarium show that opens on Friday, but it will be featured during our Lunapalooza event on Sunday night. Um, it's just going to be a whole lot of fun. And uh, so for one ticket price, you get all of that. So the best thing to do, go to the Adler Planetarium's website, www.adlerplanetarium.org, and get your tickets today. We, we could sell out, so if you're kind okay. of on the fence, um, get your tickets sooner rather than later. Well, and I know we've talked before, and these events, people kind of wait, and they're like, well, I don't know. And as you said, things sell out. Um, tell us about, you know, we're going to talk about the Imagine the Moon, the new exhibit which is opening, but let's, uh, let's talk a, a couple other things about what's happening at Lunapalooza. What is the, the Eclipse HQ in the Space Visualization Lab? By some chance, it is not clear in the Chicago area, which, let's be real, it's January. It might not be. Um, We're hopefully going to be showing a live feed uh, from someplace else uh, that someone will be showing a camera feed of the eclipse. Um, We already know of a couple of other places that will be showing the eclipse from their locations. Um, So hopefully we can tag on to one of those. And the reason I'm saying hopefully is it depends on the weather in those places, too. So there are other places that are planning on showing it. Um, so we'll have uh, uh, astronomers there. You can talk to folks. So it's just a great place to hang out and get your uh, eclipse questions answered or your moon questions answered. So it'll be a lot of fun. Even if we're not able to show the eclipse live, um, there'll be a lot of pictures online afterwards. But it's a great place to hang out and learn about the moon. That has to be one of the most frustrating parts of your field, that, that you're, we're always at the whims of mother nature a cloud can ruin everything i remember for the solar the huge solar eclipse we were i was down in carbondale and we got to see pretty much all of totality except one cloud drifted by and it blocked everybody who was sitting in the stadium it's like no we're so close and yet one cloud ruined everything I was in the stadium, too. So, yes, uh. I was there, and what you're describing is, is correct, except for one thing. I want to I want to kind of spin it in a different way, and it's okay. taken me a really long time to come to this. Um, so I used to get really frustrated with, with the weather possibilities. But think of it this way. We are here on Earth. We are at the whims of Mother Nature. We are connected. The the view that we get is dependent on what we have around us, and you just have to roll with it in astronomy (laughs) because you just never know what you're going to get. So that's why I want to tell people, just keep trying. I mean, you never know if if it is cloudy, but the clouds are maybe puffy, and you might get a glimpse of it in and amongst the clouds. So who knows? And it's just... It's just something that I've just, you just roll with it, you just take what you get, and if we don't see this one, uh, we'll we'll give it a whirl for the next one. How often, now we know uh, total solar eclipses are, are rare. How how rare or not rare are the lunar eclipses? Um, we get, uh, I would say we, planet Earth, gets yes. one or two lunar eclipses a year-ish okay. on average. Um, so, but the, the Chicago area, um, I believe our next one, and I would have to look this up. I didn't right before the phone call, but if I get a chance, if we take a little break, I'll okay. look it up. Um, but uh, I believe the next one that we're going to see is 2021, 2022, something like that. But I can look it up and get you the, the date. All right. Well, that that's a perfect segue. It's almost like you've done this before, Michelle. Michelle Nichols is my guest. She's the director of 
of Public Observing for the Adler Planetarium. We're talking about Lunapalooza, which is happening next Sunday in advance of the big lunar eclipse. Uh, let's take that break, and you can look up when the next lunar eclipse is, and then we're going to talk about the new exhibit, Imagine the Moon. And then uh, our my intrepid producer, Ariel, has a question about, uh, I don't know, he thinks, according to some astronomer, thinks aliens are here. Uh, or or have made contact, so he'll he'll give you a little heads up <laughs> heads up on that because I don't I don't understand it either, Michelle. But we'll talk to you in just a couple minutes. Uh, Michelle Nichols is here. We will talk more about the lunar eclipse on the other side. It is WGN. So much space, so little time to explore it all. Michelle Nichols is the Director of Public Observing at the Adler Planetarium. The lunar eclipse is happening next Sunday night into Monday morning. You can go to adlerplanetarium.org to get all the information on Lunapalooza, which is happening. But we also want to talk... Oh, first, Michelle, uh, you want, you said you were going to look up when... If we miss this lunar eclipse, when's the next one that the Chicago area will be able to see? Hmm. Let's see. Oh, there. Hold on. Sorry, Michelle. There you are. Uh, oh, there we go. Um, so the uh, next one we're going to see in total is Sunday, May 15th of 2022. Oh, wow. So, yeah, That's if you don't way. see this one, then we have about two and a half more years to see another total lunar eclipse in the Chicago area. Now, it doesn't seem like it's been that long since the last one. Am I, am I confusing things or is time just running together for me? <laughs> well, no, it's it just happens, just dumb luck, or okay. dumb bad luck, I guess you could say, that um, we just won't see a few of them. There'll be some partials, okay. um, some partial lunar eclipses um, between now and then, but the next total one where we see it, uh, where we see it actually totality, will be uh, May of 2022. All right, now you mentioned that Friday, the 18th, Imagine the Moon, the new uh, the new display, the new exhibit at Adler is opening. It'll be available for everybody if they come to Lunapalooza. What is, what is Imagine the Moon? Imagine the Moon is our new planetarium show. So it is produced uh, by the Adler Planetarium in-house. Um, and it is basically talking about humanity's connection to the moon over the decades and the centuries and the millennia. So it starts off with uh, imagining the moon, people looking up and imagining uh, the moon connecting to it in our everyday lives, um, to the time of telescopes when we started imagining possibly going to the moon and what the moon actually might be like. Then uh, our, our scientific explorations of the moon and leading on to the present day where we still connect to the moon and how we do that um, on a day-to-day basis. So it's, it's really different. It's a, it's a different way of, of looking at the moon in a planetarium show, which you would think would be just, here's everything we know about the moon. <laughs> well, we, wanna, we wanted to present it in a different light. Um, sorry, pun not intended. No, that's um, not. <laughs> and, uh, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think people really enjoy it. And this is, again, it's opening on the 18th of January, and then it'll be, how long will it run for the year? Because as I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, this is the year of the moon, right? At right. The Adler? We, yep. We tend to run our shows for quite a while. So if you okay. don't see it next weekend, we've got it. We've got quite a while through um, uh, 2019 for folks to come down and see the show. Very good. And I'm also looking forward to, and I know we don't have a lot of details about it yet, but this summer, uh, the uh, 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission, you guys are going to be uh, celebrating that very uh, in a very large way. Correct, correct. So the 50th anniversary of the moon landing is Saturday, July 20th of 2019. So expect 
the Abbott Planetarium to do something fun for that. So stay tuned to our website. We'll, we'll start releasing details over the next few months. And that, of course, is AdlerPlanetarium.org. Okay, Michelle, before, before we went to break, I told you that my producer, Ariel, came to me right before, right before we went on. And, Listen, I, gotta, uh, I can't wait to talk to Michelle because there's something that I read, and I want to ask her about it. And I know I, I said, mention it to Michelle before she comes on so that she's you know, not caught <laughs> off guard. So, Ariel, because you gave me this giant story like 12 seconds before I went on the air, I was not able to read this. I apologize, Can you boil it down and tell us why you think aliens are amongst us? Now, I don't know if it's aliens, but basically okay. I guess there was an interstellar object called Umawamawa that came by Earth in... I think it was the year 2017, and at first they thought it was just a rock that went by, and a lot of these things fly by, um, but then now I read there was an astronomer from Harvard who says that they actually don't know what it is, and in fact they think they can rule out what it, it, it isn't, and that it wasn't just a rock, and that maybe it was something else, something a little bit more mysterious, and then Ooh. I got all excited. He got very excited, Michelle. You should have seen him. He really shows <laughs> absolutely no feeling at all toward the show normally. <laughs> And then he thought there was some mysterious object flying through space, and the kid was out of his mind. Hey, whatever floats your boat and connects you to astronomy is fine with me. So, yeah, so that object is called Oumuamua, and it was determined to be an object from another solar system. This has probably happened before, but this is the first one that was definitively identified as coming from not our solar system. So it came in, it's heading back out, um, and so at first the uh, astronomy community thought it was just an asteroid on a space rock. Um, then the after further studies of it, it seemed to um, display some characteristics of a comet. Okay. So comets tend to, um, when they get closer to the sun, they'll release some gases and then other materials um, that might change the uh, uh, path of the object just a little bit, just that extra little kick um, from the escaping material. There was a Harvard astronomer who um, took that one step further and said, well, if it's not a comet, um, maybe it is a far old um, alien craft of some sort that had uh, what is called a solar sail on it, uh, attached to it. And a solar sail is essentially just this big, imagine a great big piece of of something that would collect light from the sun and that is actually enough pressure to from the sun the actual sunlight is pressure on this material the sail of of some kind that might move that asteroid now he or that um that object he's he's not necessarily saying that it is that he's just saying maybe this is another idea we should look at um the astronomy community is basically saying well without more information it's going to be kind of hard to pin down what it is no matter what um but the cool thing about all this is now that we've seen one of these we're going to look for more of them. And okay. so that will give us more than, as we say in astronomy, more, more than an N of one. Because <laughs> ah, we yes. currently have one <laughs> object to look at. We want to look for more of these things. And, and who knows? It, it's, it's something neat to look for in the future. And we can't say for one way or the other that this was an alien craft of some kind. All right. Well, listen. I don't. I don't know. I. I do like the gathering more information. That's what scientists do. Not. It's not what Ariel does. Not what I do. We hear. Oh, there's an alien spaceship flying through. We're like, wait a minute. That's all. Uh, does Does the astronomy community, when, you know, when something like this happens and somebody makes this claim, well, it might be this. 
Does it, is there a collective eye roll in the community, or are you supportive of others in the astronomy community? Um, I guess it probably depends on who you talk to, but <laughs> it's it's as long as whoever it is is providing credible information, making a making a uh, a theory based on or a hypothesis based right. on actual data and it isn't just well i think it's a dinosaur <laughs> flying past in a in a in a round ball shaped spacecraft well uh, i mean yeah i could come up with that sure. um, but it's um if it's based on the actual data i mean yeah you can keep throwing these ideas out there but until we have more information to start calling out some of these ideas you can keep adding them in all you want um and so this this particular paper did appear in a regular normal astro- astronomy journal it, it wasn't just a uh, just something somebody published yeah. as an op-ed in a, in a newspaper so somewhere, guy, so. yeah and harvard's no slouch of a place you know right, this is right, not, exactly know. so well that, yeah. that's exciting and so when you say okay now we're going to look for this is it is it that something like this has passed through before but just didn't get noticed or it was discounted as, you know, oh, like you said, oh, it was probably a comet or a meteor. So now you now the focus just shifts and it's, okay, we're going to really pay attention to this now. Uh, our, our instrumentation, our telescopes and other instruments are sensitive enough now. We can actually see these things because they're going to be really dim. Okay. And we have um, telescopes that are scanning the skies and more of them coming online in the next few years that will, that will be scanning the skies. For example, the Large Synoptic Survey telescope called LSST is going to be scanning the entire sky over over its location every three days. And so it's going to have just this fire hose of information coming at us and we'll be able to, to see more of these things. Not that they weren't there before and, and they're just now showing up. It's they were probably always there um, and we just couldn't see every them. now and then. We just couldn't see them. All right. Well, Michelle, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. Don't forget, Luna Palooza next Sunday, January 20th at the Adler Planetarium. Go to adlerplanetarium.org to get all the details on Luna Palooza and on the newest Adler Planetarium show, which is Imagine the Moon. So go and check all those out. We will talk to you again soon. Michelle, it is always a pleasure. Thanks again.